episode, we are chatting with Gerald Cherell. Gerald works for the foundation and he shares with us a story from the summer of 1955 and his journey with building his own base of knowledge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have with me Gerald Terrell. Gerald works at the Cornellage Foundation with me. Um, Gerald, can you tell us a little bit about your role at the foundation? Thank you very much. My my role here uh, is... um, a result of many years of having worked at the Core Knowledge Foundation. Uh, when I first came to the foundation, I was uh, what they call vice president for operations, uh, whatever that meant. Uh, but I that was my first role. And then I became vice president for human resources. Uh, and then I became vice president of uh, uh, for K-8 schools. And then I became executive vice president and director of K-8 schools. And then uh, I decided that it was time to to go home and to go fishing. And so I was called back after about five years to um, help out. A lot of changes had uh, been made, a lot of new materials, a lot of Um, projects were were on, and they just needed somebody to communicate with the public about what was going on. So they called me a school support specialist. And what that means was that I, my job uh, is to provide um, teachers, principals, uh, homeschoolers, anybody who wants to know uh, information about the core knowledge sequence and about the materials. Uh, I provide uh, responses each day uh, from questions from uh, the public. Uh, I answer the telephone, of course. I uh, make and return those calls uh, as needed. I um, have a job of communicating with people all across the country about core knowledge. They want to know about the materials. They want to know how to use the materials. They Sometimes they want to ask me, um, how do you, uh, uh, what is the cost of these materials? And then I have to refer them to customer service. Uh, they take care of that. But they, they want to ask questions about leadership. Uh, they want to ask questions about um, the revised sequence nowadays, uh, they, they want to ask questions about CKLA curriculum, especially sixth through eighth right now, and uh, how to access these materials and how to find different um, um, assessment measures in the teacher guides and, and the like. And so um, that encompasses school support. I also work with uh, uh, Kristen and Christina on school leadership matters. I make contact with uh, people who are going to use, uh, come to the um, institute. I also call principals and teachers to explain what's going to happen at the institute. Uh, and uh, 
they let me make a presentation or, so, or two at the um, at the at the institute. So um, that's what I do, and I I help out around the foundation any way I can um, each day. I'm so glad that you brought up the Leadership Institute um, because you're always our keynote speaker. You have. Oh <laughs> Yeah, you have such a wealth of insight um, into leadership and obviously into Cornellage because um, you were a school leader that brought Cornellage um, to, to your school. And that's really where I first heard you speak at a conference back in 2012. And one of the stories that you told was about London Bridge. And I would really love that if you could share that story with our listeners. Oh, wow. You're taking me back now. But this was this was um, entitled the, the Roots of Core Knowledge. Uh, the Roots of Core Knowledge for me. And uh, true story. Um, where is London anyway? Um, and it goes... As such, uh, as I travel around the country uh, spreading the good news about core knowledge, uh, people often ask me, how long have you been involved in core knowledge? And my immediate answer is always the same. Uh, uh, I began this journey some years ago. Uh, Shortly after, um, I sat in the principal's chair at Paul H. Kell Elementary School. However, um, for me, the accuracy of that answer leaves a lot to be desired. Um, It is not completely true. Uh, I went on to say that in reality, uh, I was probably alerted to the need of a common core of knowledge when I was about six years old. Um, uh, That would have been about 1955 or so. to be exact, it was the lazy summer of 1954 and 5. Um, these were the days, I said, when the neighborhood children would get together in the streets and play games. Uh, and one of the games that we played was called London Bridge. Now, I know many of your listeners have heard of the uh, game London Bridge. Uh, This game simply required that you would march around and make a bridge from your bodies. uh, And uh, that is two sets of arms hanging over each other. And we would sing, London Bridge is falling down, falling down, my fair lady. And at the end of the song, we would all fall to the ground. That was it. Nothing else. We'd fall to the ground. Sometimes our games, I went on to say, would be interrupted by this little white girl who who would ride her bicycle up to the group, stare at us, and critique our every movement. Um, Some of the children said that she lived uh, at the edge of the white pass, which was a stretch of white sand um, that uh, separated the uh, black community from the white community. Uh, And 
um, she would encircle us and she would ride her bicycle around her. Um, uh, and she would just show up during the summer. And no one said anything to her that much. I think some people were mumbling, but I broke the ice. I said to her um, in a very nice voice, I said, uh, what's your name? And she replied, Putin Tang, ask me again, I'll tell you the same. Uh, we never asked her for her name again, and we went right on with our game. Uh, after a few moments of observing the game, and I call her Miss PT, uh, Miss PT made a startling observation, one that awakened me to um, a world I didn't really know. She remarked, uh, I bet you don't even know where London is. Uh, as it turned out, none of us had the faintest idea where London is. Uh, I went on to say that two of my classmates, Pete and Gary, didn't really care about where London was and any more than they cared about little redhead, freckle-faced white girls. They they didn't care about where London was, but but I cared. Uh, I felt that, no. Uh, I convinced myself that somehow uh, she was smarter than we were. Uh, I went on to say that uh, my grandfather once told me that uh, the more knowledge you have, the farther you will go in life. Uh, and. As I think back to those days, I, I wonder what would have happened if uh, this little Miss PT and I and my friends had known where London was. Uh, what would have happened if we had been exposed to the same body uh, of knowledge, the same broad range of topics, um, which were available to, to this little girl? Would we have felt more confident I said, uh, would she have been less given to haughtiness? Um, uh, I'm, I'm convinced that um, a common cultural experience would have um, laid the foundation for better understanding between our communities. Uh, I am sure that the past, that white stretch of sand that separated us would have been easier to cross in both directions. Um, by the way, I said finally, um, I didn't find, I found out where London is that summer. It's as close, I wrote, as the nearest library. Um, for many summers after, I traveled around the world through books and went far beyond London. But I never got a chance to inform Miss PT of my discoveries. After the summer of 1955, uh, she never came to watch the games again. Someone said she moved away. I didn't know. I thought maybe, maybe she moved to England. No one really knew. Uh, I continued the journey inspired uh, by Miss PT that day. Eventually, I landed at the Core Knowledge Foundation, and here uh, I'm happy to say that uh, I can help children build 
that core of common knowledge that will uh, bridge many differences, differences of race and, and class and opportunity. That was my spill on the roots of core knowledge for myself. I absolutely love that story. Um, and I think it is, it is just as timely now as it was back in 1955, unfortunately. So I have one final question for you um, since you've dealt with the foundation for so long, you talk to schools all the time. What advice would you give a school leader who hears from their staff that the topics in core knowledge are just not relevant to their students? You know, they should only be learning things that are in their own backyard. Like they shouldn't be learning where London is. That has nothing to do with what they're alive, you know, right now, or they shouldn't be learning about ancient Rome. How is that going to help them? Well, I would say to them, uh, the, the core knowledge sequence uh, presents a, a specific content uh, that uh, embraces a great diversity of people, events, and ideas. Uh, I would say that the core knowledge sequence is intended to start students on a path toward acquiring uh, necessary knowledge uh, that would help them grasp the importance of diversity to human history and current affairs. Um, I would say to them, and I would point out that across all grade levels, uh, the core knowledge sequence um, covers a broad range of world and American history. It includes um, different cultures in Asia, Africa, Middle East, Native Americans, and so forth. Uh, and I would, I would just ins insist that they take a look at the sequence and, and study it more uh, because uh, uh, the historical knowledge, uh, I, I believe, uh, is related to um, the di diverse works in art, in music, uh, as well as the contributions of a diverse group of um, scientists, a diverse group of um, people in, in every human field of human endeavor uh, across uh, many backgrounds. And finally, I would tell them that, you know, children thrive from acquiring a, the, a, a general appreciation for different cultures and and a sense that one's own people have made important contributions, all people. Uh, uh, and these, the children, I believe, would be uh, fully prepared to communicate. Uh, as I said in the, um, the Roots of Core Knowledge, the little girl, I think we would have been better in a better position to talk about some of the same things, to share some of the same knowledge. The problem there, we had nothing in common. You know, uh, 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 we came to the edge of the white sand and we looked over uh, about 100 and some odd yards out, but we never had nothing to do with each other. Uh, I met Miss PT decided on that summer, uh, something's going to happen. And, and she made it happen 
for me. Uh, uh, and, and, and so she came up, came across. And um, I, I think it's, it's so important that, that children have this uh, sense of um, communication uh, and they can cooperate with their peers around the world and within their own state and within their own towns uh, with this detailed knowledge of various people uh, who live, people who live in harmony and, and, in, uh, and people who have sometimes lived in conflict over thousands of years. Um, we can bring all of that together. Uh, that such knowledge as, as core knowledge uh, teaches uh, the real value of diversity. And in many ways, um, uh, and in different civilizations at different times, uh, I think with the, uh, the, the sequence uh, looks at this uh, scientifically, political, and artistically, and, and how it can, it can enrich children, how it can enrich teachers. When my teachers first um, began teaching core knowledge, uh, they would run to me each day telling me how smart they felt, how they had gained so much knowledge from this work. So, and I would hope that the leaders would uh, consider how necessary it is today, as it was in the past, um, to bring people together around common understandings, around a, a, a broad and comprehensive uh, a knowledge and vocabulary, and so that we can communicate with each other, we can talk to each other, and we can get along. That, that's what I would say to them, Kristen. Thank you so much, Gerald. You said so many great points there that leaders can use. Um, and I just love, again, I just love that story. Um, because in that, in that moment, like you said, she wanted a change of some kind, Miss PT, and she actually changed, uh, changed your life, Gerald, and led, led somehow in a small piece, led you to us. So I am very appreciative of Miss PT and her asking you about, I bet you don't even know where London is. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and about her. Um, it, it, it did change me, but I, it, it changed a lot of the other children too. They did not um, mention it um, in, in a writing that I know of, but, but I, I think by my being excited about different places and I would share this with them, uh, uh, they, they had no choice but to listen because I was reading and and discussing this uh, all the time. I think in the final analysis, when I, when we got older and we did, we started to study uh, countries and continents, and we started to get this. And then outside of our community, Native Americans, uh, Latin, Latino Americans, White America contribution. I think as we began to study. I became deeply engrossed in the study of, of, of history, and I shared it. Um, um, one of well, some of my friends would say, "You're always talking about um, 
history and things that happened. So because it's very important, very important. And we talked about politics when I got in high school and we talked about different things and we had elections from what I and I was talking to. I talked to them so much through the years about history and about then we talked about civics and politics and all like that. Uh, when it came to run for president of the ninth grade class, um, I really wasn't interested in being president of the class, but uh, I was elected. And uh, when it came time to run for the 10th grade class, I really wasn't interested in being elected. I, I, but I was talking to running. I ran and I won. When it came time to talk to vote, run for the 11th and the 12th grade class, I wasn't any more interested. I was interested in other things. And both years I ran. I think they were, uh, I became a teacher is what I'm saying. Early on, uh, I became a teacher. And as such, all of that evolved in my wanting to be a principal since I was in about the seventh or eighth grade. Gerald, your your story is just amazing. And you're only sharing just a small part of it. And I'd love if um, we can have you back another time to talk a little bit more um, maybe about, about about your grandma and how she inspired you and and things oh. of that nature because you you have lived, Gerald, and <laughs> you have a lot that you can share with us. Well, well thank you very much. I I've enjoyed uh, having a lot of uh, people. Uh, I in some of the writing that I've done, uh, uh, I. I list all of the people in my life growing up and what each one contributed to my life. Uh, and uh, you really don't know what it's like, you know, but many people don't know what it's like to have a grandmother. You know, that's, that's, that was my saving grace at many a times, you know. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Gerald. We really appreciate it. And we will definitely have you back. Okay. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.